Welcome in, welcome in to the Fire Zone Show coming at you after week 12 in the National Football League. Ravens drop one down there in Jacksonville to those Jags. We're going to talk about it from the defensive standpoint. Um, give you a little, little heads up. We're also going to talk a little offense, the tail end on the back end of the show. A lot of, a lot of news, a lot of scuttlebutt as those old folks like to say, around the offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, right now. Uh, Stanford looking for a head coach. They've reached out to him, reportedly. So we can hit that up on the back end of the show, but we'll, we'll talk defense in the Jags game on the front end. But before we do it all, say what's up to the man, the myth, the legend, Denard. How, how's it going? Everything's going well. Getting over a little bit of a cold here. A little flu action took me down for a few days, but all in all, you know, making it work. Yes, yeah, that time of year, man, all kind of stuff going around. My kids have had it. Daughter still got a cough, like this dry cough that just yeah. all day long trying to shake that thing off. So we in that time of year. Speaking of that time of year, see, I'm gonna get good at these at these segues, these transitions. <laughs> Speaking uh, of that. Time of year, it's end of November, November, December football. You know, this is this is where you know the, the the cream sort of rises to the top. You know, and separates themselves in terms of teams and playoff seeding and positioning and all of that. And this was a game against the Jaguars, AFC opponent, that uh, you 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 wanted to get. You wanted to get this game. Um, felt like. They had the opportunity, despite all of the stuff that people have said about the offense and what that looked like. If I told you that they were going to go up seven, we're right around two minutes to go with this defense, with the way they've been playing elite. You think that you're in pretty good hands, right? If you had Kyle Hamilton on the field, yes. <laughs> right. So let's start there. Let's start right there because that's something that you mentioned. Uh, you may have said it before the game. I know you said it right after the game that you felt like Hamilton being out was kind of the key, yeah. like a domino effect you know, yeah. without him being out there. So, yeah. uh, you know, talk you know talk about that a little bit. So yeah, so you know, we talked about it last week when we we're kind of saying. Well, I was saying that it seemed like the defense was very quiet in what they were doing in terms of formations and, and lining up and, and, and things along that sort. It was very quiet on the field because you had two linebackers on the field and you always had Hamilton. You were big nickel. You didn't really deviate from that in that entire game. With Hamilton out this week, now you're scrambling. Now you've moved two guys. You've moved – Marlowe inside, and now you got Stevens outside. And to compound everything, you've got Peters, who's losing a little confidence. I don't know if he's hurt. Something, something ain't vibing over there with Mr. Peters. And then behind Peters, you've got Stone. I don't know about you, but that's the side of the field I'm going to. <laughs> Yeah, see, the thing, so two things, the thing about those two guys. So one thing about Gina, as well as he's played, stepping in for Marcus Williams, I think one thing that we all kind of knew about him was he doesn't have the same kind of range, no. you know, from, from the middle of the field that Marcus has. And so you could see a couple times in that game, trying to get outside the hashes, trying to get to the numbers, you know, it was rough. <laughs> well, a couple you've, seen it, you've seen it all year. You've seen it. I mean, you can go into every game this year where I think Cincinnati hit it a couple times. I know Cleveland hit it a couple times. That whole shot over Peters right before Stone. I know Miami just – whatever That's that was. Another. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah. throw that out. Um, yeah. The Giants game, the Giants – in the key drive going down the field, they hit that whole shot right over Peters, right over there in Geo Stone. Um, 
you it's when you face a team a that is coached by Doug Peters Peterson there's one thing that man is going to do and and it's ingrained in every coordinator that's on that tree we're going to run the exact same play until you stop it and that's what they did they ran some variation of that play to get behind Peters and they just did it down the field because they can get to it. And then once you're expanding to get there, now you've isolated Peters, I mean, isolated Queen on the hash where he's not comfortable. And you're throwing darts right behind him. So without Hamilton, it made everything else bad. And that's not saying this group couldn't get it together and play well this week if Hamilton didn't come back. But when you don't know what the guy is doing next to you in zone, and you saw that a few times in miscommunication between Humphrey and Peters, where Humphrey was supposed to undercut something and he's still on the same level as Peters. Did it a couple times in the slot because he's just not used to it. Um, I mean, you go back to the game last week, Hamilton is making that stop in the flat for a four-yard gain. But this week, this past week, that's the running back that was leaking out, and he's picking up nine, ten yards of chunk because we have to do things differently to cover up for the weaknesses that other players have that Hamilton was able to kind of take on for himself and be a better and productive player in space that's helped his team greatly. Now, the other thing you mentioned there, before I forget, because uh, I want to throw something else at you that I saw and see if you saw something similar or different, what you think about Peters before I move on. Uh, good article about him in the ringer um, that got posted out there today. A guy named Logan Murdoch wrote it. Um, apparently, they they both from Oakland, probably, I think I read, they kind of came up together, similar area, whatever. You know, Peters, he don't do a lot of media. Doesn't do a lot of interviews and talk to a lot of people. Uh, so he kind of went into detail about the injury last year, the recovery. Uh, I think his grandmother died during that same time who he was real close to. Uh, so he kind of detailed all of that. Talked even some of the stuff about um, getting into it with Harbs, the end of the Bills game. You know, so we talked about all that. But one thing that he said that you you mentioned, like, hey, something not quite right. Not sure what's going on with him. He said himself, he feels like he's been second guessing himself. He's like, I got the answer to the test. Like, I circle the answer, but then I erase it, and I pick a different answer. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know why I'm doing that right now, but I'm just – I got to I gotta get over that. He's like, I'm kind of just stuck on that right now. I'm just not trusting. We all go through it after injuries. I did – you know, when I dislocated my elbow in college, you're out for six weeks. Things feel different. Remember, the world kept moving. Ball games kept playing. People got better. So you step back on the field. In my case, six weeks removed from everyone being better and, and doing things differently. Imagine stepping on the field after a year and a half and trying to pick up that edge that you lost because not, you know, because you wanted to lose it, because you were hurt. So now you got to go out there in one of the most ridiculous positions in the NFL at the corner position and trust your instincts that you haven't used in a year and a half. That's, that's, that's a tough vibe. And you're coming off something and you're not the young whippersnapper you once were. You weren't a speed burner before the injury. So you're not even, you know what I mean? Like, now you got to be crafty. And I don't know if he's ready to be super crafty yet. And I don't think he can be super crafty until Marcus Williams gets back. Yeah. Then he can be a little more crafty. That'll help. That'll help the craftiness level go yes. up for sure. When you, got a guy, when you got a guy like that behind you, because we saw kind of plays he was making before he was injured, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the first couple of games of this season. So the other thing, here's the other thing. This is a little bit more scheme stuff for, for the folks out there who listen and get into the X's and O's, whatever. So 
because I was watching it because I had a lot of time in my hands. I told you where I was at sitting in a waiting room. Uh, it's a lot of time in my hands to watch this stuff and take my little notes on my little uh, notepad app, whatever. First half, it looked like so we know that they play more zone under 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 McDonald. Looks like they were playing a lot of quarters, right? Mm-hmm. And Lawrence kind of niggling down, right? Just taking the stuff underneath. And to me, he made it like really, really simple. When he saw it, when he saw, you know, kind of too high look, and it, you know, before snap, then you confirm it after the snap. Okay, they're staying back zone. Looks like it's some kind of quarters. Or... He pretty much just said, look, I'm gonna identify the weak flat defender. And I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna throw the ball to that side. I'm gonna throw a hitch. I'm gonna throw a stop. I'm gonna throw it out. I'm just gonna do that. I'm gonna keep doing that because I'm just gonna work away from either the down safety, you know, if they were in base, or the nickel. Right. If it's if the linebacker to that weeks, I'm I'm just gonna throw it over there. I'm just gonna keep throwing it over there. I'm gonna keep throwing it. And then what McDonald did going into the uh, the second half, third quarter, he started to play more cover three. All right. So now we get two flat defenders out there, I'm going to get a little bit more width, mm-hmm. you know, with my with my, with my weak side flat defender, right? I'm going to start doing that. And then that kind of flummoxed them a little bit. They had a little bit of a lull period there in that third quarter where, you know, the Jags kind of struggled, um, weren't able to really kind of sustain drives or whatever. Um, but then this is what reminded me of the Miami game, right? It's okay. We feel like that's working. And then we started saying, all right, now we're gonna now we're gonna mix in some pressures. Now we're gonna do some fire zone stuff. Now we're gonna do some man stuff. And it was like, I to be honest with you, I probably would have just stuck with the quarter stuff. I, I was fine with the nickel and dime. Like, hey, you can nickel and dime your way all the way down here. If we can keep you out of the end zone and make you kick field goals, hey, I'm cool with that. But it felt like he started reaching for stuff. Like, hey, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop this. You gotta stop this. And I get it to some extent because if you get down there, then like we saw on that one touchdown late uh with Peters, where they pretty much just got him ISO and he just got out quick by a dude. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're not gonna play zone in that situation. Mm-hmm. So if you get down there, you're gonna come out of it, you're gonna play man, you're gonna play something else. So I guess I get why he was trying to come out of it. He's like, look, if he nickels and dies us far enough down the field, we're gonna be in a part of the field where we're not gonna play zone, we're gonna play something else. And then that opens up a whole nother set of issues. So I guess I get it, but I was kind of like, mm, I wish that you would have just stuck with it. Make, make, them, make them prove that they can go 80 yards. So this is what us defensive coordinators will, will call a lesson. Just flat out lesson, which is he tried to outsmart the smart dude. <laughs> yeah, he 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 was trying to stay up. He, I guess I shouldn't say it that way. He was trying to stay in front of the chains. So he was trying to stay in front of Doug Peterson and keep him confused. Hmm. What Doug Peterson said, okay. Once they couldn't move the ball when they were in three coverage, you know, cover three. Peterson looked at that in the, in the fourth quarter said, well, I'm going to attack your seams. One way or another, I'm going to attack your seams. Because you've been protecting it with the with the four shell. And you went cover three, and we weren't prepared for that. You, you got us a couple, you know, three and outs here and there. But then the fumble happened. So now, Mike McDonald's, well, I got to be a little more aggressive. And this is also at the same time that Marlon Humphrey goes out. So now you're in between two different game plans. You can't go backwards because you sit in zone. We saw what happened at the end of the game when you just sat there and got picked apart. Yeah. And then you bring pressure, but guess what? You still got the same issue in the back end because you got Stevens, and now you've got Pepe Williams inside. And, I mean, Doug Peterson just – picked his poison towards the end of the game. He was like, which matchup do I like the best? Oh, I like the whole shot? Okay, cool. Because one thing Trevor Lawrence can do with 70, 80% completion rate, he gonna, he going to get there unless you get home. Yeah. That that intermediate range, Dang. 10, 20 yards, 
he 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 can rip those, right? He right. might not be uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you know, 30, 40 yard down, but that that 10 to 20 yard range, you give him those, he'll rip those all day okay. with accuracy and throw and throw them with anticipation. <laughs> and, and that's I mean, with, that's really with what he was doing. Velocity. Yeah, yeah. Especially on that last those last two drives in the fourth quarter. Which oh, that's so what I'm, really is that those were two length of the field drives for touchdowns. The one after Gus fumbled, they held him to a field goal on that one. They were short field, sudden change, and they held him to a field goal. Great tackle by Roquan on a little tunnel screen. Great tackle. Yep. Yes, yes. Um, And that was the one I'm like, hey, if if any of these are going to be the one where maybe you give up six, it's going to be that one because it's sudden change, short field. But now they stood up. It was the other two that got me. I was like, okay, they're not about to go length of the field twice in the fourth quarter. <laughs> they're not about to do that. But then they were, and they did. <laughs> so um, that was kind of the, the high-level stuff um, that I had on my mind. Um, anything else um, before we get into, like, the position groups? Because there's probably some individual guys you, um, you have some thoughts on. I mean, we'll talk about the front, you know, the, the, the D-line – I want to touch on once again why why there wasn't a pass rush in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, let's get right to it then. Let's go to the D line, who you know there there were moments, right? There yep. were moments in the game. We 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 saw some pressures. Um, Campbell got a sack. Can we get two sacks in this game? I gotta go back and check his numbers. I know he got at least one because I think he's sitting. Right, at like you have the one at the end, like towards the end of the game. You get one I at the beginning. He's, he's sitting at like ninety-eight or ninety-nine, like total. I know you know everybody's kind of been looking at it because they know he's close um, yeah. to one hundred. So I know he's kind of been like right around in there. Yeah, now he had one. Bowser had one. Uh, Humphrey obviously had the one where he came clean. Washington had one early. Brandon Washington yeah. just walked his dude back. Um, so, you know, you're getting pressures, you're getting sacks, you're getting QB hits um, at times. At but times. at times. <laughs> so kind of leading you into that point that you were just about to talk on. What did you think about the defensive line, how they played, and I guess particularly, you know, what was going on in the fourth quarter with them? I mean, up until the fourth quarter, there was a nice little rotation going, guys coming in, coming out. But once Jacksonville got rolling, when you have – over 20 pass snaps in any quarter. I don't care who you who you are. Who you rotating in? That's exhausting. That's a lot. It's a lot. So you're going up and down the field. And once again, it's a little warm. Yeah. Not 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 making excuses, but this is what happens. In the NFL, this happens in games that you don't put guys away in the first part of the game. You get into these these fire drill situations where they can just drop back and they'll go 18 plays for 80 yards in three minutes. But that's the impact of 18 plays in three minutes is a heck of a lot different than an impact of 18 plays over nine minutes. So you get two back-to-back drives like that. I don't care who you are. You're gonna feel it. You're gonna feel it. You're gonna feel it in your legs. You're gonna you're gonna feel it in your mind. And it's not just it's not just the the, the D line. You got a secondary who's playing every snap. Yeah. That's that's a rep after rep after rep. And when he's getting the ball out, like we just talked about. Boss is coming out, coming out, coming out. Coming out. You, you don't have really much of an opportunity to get to him, number one, because the ball's coming out. Um, guys are in zone. He's finding the voids. And like you said, it's just it's like a snowball. The thing start, it starts rolling down the hill, and if you can't stop it. You have one chance to stop it. It was after the Campbell sack. It was third and 19. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and you decided yeah. to sit back. Your friend, your friend showed up. Well, it wasn't quite drop eight. I don't, but I don't think it was they seven and a half. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> your friend showed up. God. You give <laughs> even up like if, even, even if they rushed four, even if they rushed four, 
they played it like it was prison. Yes. <laughs> you know, they basically played it like it was prison. Those are one of the moments is like, why not rush five? Because you know you get the ball's gonna be out, so that means it's gonna be third. It's gonna be fourth and twelve, most likely. Yeah, you can still play whatever you've been playing. You can play three. You can play four. You can still play whatever coverage you've been playing. But now you do that, and now you do that, and you give them a fourth and five, as opposed to hey, yeah, as opposed to if we play normal coverage, maybe they're in a, a fourth and long, maybe they're in an eight, nine, ten, you know, something right. like that on fourth down. And that's going to help a guy like Brandon Stevens out. Because even on that fourth and five, he's right there. I mean, he's right there. And that's a tough spot um, to put him in. You know, if that's Marlon Humphrey out there, is that a completion? I don't know. But that's a tough spot uh, to put Stevens in. Not a natural corner, I don't think. I wouldn't call him a natural outside corner. Wow. Uh, but, but he's, he's but a free safety. <laughs> so, so you know, kind of, it kind of speaks for itself. Um, but anyway, we we were focusing on D line. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the secondary and other other, other parts of the. Uh, of, of I the mean, D-line. overall, they they played well. I mean, they didn't really get challenged in a running game. They got pressure when they were you know in rhythm in the first three quarters, but you know, the whole squad failed in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the run game, it surprised me, too, because I was like, when ETN went out, I was like, oh, they not doing nothing on the ground in this game. Right. Essentially, that's what happened. I mean, the Ravens really did control the dude, um, Hasty, Jermichael Hasty. He ran hard. I'm definitely giving that. I think he ran hard. And, uh, you know, he, he he popped. I think they their best play was like wham or trap. This, that, was, that was their best run play. They hit one. Right off the left side. They ran it a couple other times. It really didn't hit too big, but that was like their best play. Everything else, um, what I had in my notes, outside zone, duo, inside zone, pin and pull, they pretty much locked all that down. So, <laughs> you know, they controlled the run game uh, defensively. Um, so let's get to let's get to the second level then, because, you know, I, I think there's some stuff to talk about there. Um, we talk about the linebackers, and it was another game where PQ and Roquan played the entire game. You just talked about that. The, the effect of playing, you know, the entire game and all of those pass snaps and, and all of the snaps, all of the defensive snaps just for the entire game in that weather. Um, but I think we saw, and again, this is this is not to pick on anybody because I thought Queen had really been playing well lately, but I think we saw, you know, some backsliding in some situations. <laughs> we saw some of the old uh, PQ come out. Uh, in some of these situations, but I could be wrong. You may, maybe you saw something totally different. What, what did you see uh, from the linebacker play? No, this is his security blanket was missing. Mm. Mr. Hamilton, Mr. Hamilton is is the glue guy. He's he is made that abundantly clear. He can clean up mistakes because he's six four. <laughs> With some long arms. Can't teach that. <laughs> Can't teach that. I'm sorry. You cannot. A lot of things you can teach. A lot of things you can try to stretch. We can try to tre- stretch milk. You can try to stretch this soap. <laughs> can. Can try to. I got people no. in my house that will stretch the uh, some milk. <laughs> no. And then they open that condiment. Right. Smells good to me. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's three weeks. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> My wife won't do it. She see that date, she's like, nah, buddy. No, it's a wrap. No. Anything <laughs> close to it, no. That's no. a wrap. Some other folks, <laughs> I won't name their names, so they be smelling that thing. Smells good to me. <laughs> anyway, my bad. Keep going. <laughs> but this is what happens when you run into an offensive coordinator who knows what he's doing. He isolated Queen. He could because we weren't running. We had to get out of some stuff that we've been running for the last four weeks. And once he recognized it, he started isolating him, Peters. When they were on the same side of the field, whoo, boy. (laughs) Oh, man. Like, I don't even know who knew what was going on. I think you sent me a play. 
where a D lineman peeled off, linebacker peeled off, the corners running out somewhere, the safety boy, <laughs> and yet there's still three people open. Yeah, that crosser was coming. I yeah, like, somebody's supposed to be weak on that crosser. Where, where is, <laughs> where is that person? I, I don't know, but the it. When you when you're not next to someone who you are used to playing with, you start trying to do too much. Yeah, and we know that has been the biggest issue uh, for for PQ is just wait. And you know he had gotten out of that the last couple of games. He had really settled into a nice, comfortable routine of hey, I'm just going to do my job. I'm going to play my role in the call, and dude was balling. But then, like you said. When things change, when you've got people next to you you're not used to playing next to, um, you probably that's when you got to focus in more. Yeah, you that's feel that you pressure. Like oh, I got to do something extra. I got to do something extra. Yeah, you don't. You don't need to do that. You got to be even more basic, because that guy next to you has to be. He has to be basic just to function. Like he literally got to be sitting there. Okay, I got curl flat. That is literally what's going through his mind. Now, if that's Kyle Hampton, he's probably thinking curl flat. If that guy comes wide, I can step inside. Or if the, the slot receiver drags quickly, maybe I can get hands on him. Like, no, this dude has not run this thing. So all he's thinking about is his primary job. And you next to him as a linebacker, you got to know who's next to you. you got to feel who's next to you. You just can't play the position and think you're going to be great. No, you got to understand who's next to you. And if you're not able to play with the guy next to you, either you're going to look bad or he's going to look bad or everybody's going to look bad. And sometimes guys don't understand that. Like, you want to be this superhuman guy going forward and try to make all these plays. Well, he doesn't know. He doesn't know any better. (laughs) He hasn't been there next to you. So he sees you jump outside in his brain, he's like, well, that's my place. Where do I go? Yeah, what do I do? So now he's thinking he's getting blocked, and you both get blocked out. Yeah. Next thing you know, you just got gaping holes everywhere. Yeah. Or, you know, Queen steps up for no apparent reason on a ball fake that they haven't been running the ball all week, <laughs> and they're throwing laser darts literally by your ear, and you're not even reacting wrapping that thing right in behind him it was just it was you know you you didn't want to see them take that step back because we'd seen that and it felt like we turned the corner on it but then it came back and it was like man i thought we were done with this i thought we were past this and with with hamilton in there we, we probably weren't past it but, but you know sometimes it's necessary i will say that sometimes you need one of these performances as a defense because you're riding on your horse. You yeah. got your new shiny, you got your new shiny Corvette. He in there dropping in a six cylinder and smacking fools left, right, and sideways. Nobody's moving the football. You're feeling really good about yourself. You're rolling at Jacksonville, which we we me and you talked about even before the game. We've gone there and there and done some horrible, hard things. <laughs> like, until this week, I, you know, I don't think we scored more than 12 points. We went down there. We we talked about just not having a good feeling about it yeah. and being concerned about it. And you know what? What really kind of turned it, when I saw their mascot wearing a thong, I was like, oh, that. That's right. <laughs> like, come to the pool. Like, let's go. I was like, oh, even my wife noticed that. And she don't even watch the games. She was just walking by. And she, you know, they scored, you know, after you score a touchdown, he's right there, right? He's right by the goal post. And she was like, is he wearing a speedo? I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah he is wearing a speedo. It's 85 like, degrees. Oh. Yeah, well, it's warm. But she was like, oh, so they they just don't care. And I was like, nah, they don't care. They ain't got nothing to lose. He ain't, he ain't got nothing to lose. What do you got to lose? Now, he came out in the second half with some clothes on. But first half, he's rocking that speed up. <laughs> Somebody probably said something in the NFL, like, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what she was saying. She was like, I ain't never seen him ask Scott. 
like that because he had like the cat head on. Wow. <laughs> just like regular clothes. <laughs> I, I was gonna say something, and it I, I need to stop. We're we're not in that portion of the show yet. We're not. I, I'm getting this there early. Anyway, that just it, it stood out to her, which made it stand out to me. <laughs> Freaking flur- just, furries and uh Oh, the furries. Fur See, I wasn't even going to go there. I wasn't even <laughs> going there. I was not going to go there. But you took it there. <laughs> you took it there. That's a whole nother topic. A whole uh, other uh, level. Uh, I watched way too much CSI growing up. Way too much CSI Vegas to know about hey. that. And no details. Hey. I was listening to some podcast today and they were talking about furries. I don't know why they was on it, but they was on it. <laughs> so it was in my mind too, but I hadn't connected uh, until you, you brought it up. Uh, anyway, sorry. anyway, I'm sorry. Anyway, this is my, I'm going to get this thing. We're going we're gonna to veer back onto the road. We're going to whip it back, whip it back on the road. Uh, and get to the secondary, which is which is where we we saw some issues for sure. Uh, we talked about our guy Brandon Stevens, which look, I don't want to make it look like it was all bad because look, my man had had TFL drove on screen right, blew that thing up, uh, had that that tackle on that third down where he stopped the guy short of the sticks. I want to say he did have a PD on something. I know that fourth and five. I say he just missed it. I think he had one. Some oh the one where he got he got called for uh, uh, holding where he did he did tuck on the guy a little bit at the top of the route, um, but we we've talked about that with him like when he's a man coverage he's gonna get his hands on you I mean that's, yeah. that's just how I play he's, so he's, that's, he's that's more of a playoff of corner yeah, that's part of the deal that's part of the deal with him he's yeah. he's gonna get his hands on you. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like it was all bad but there was no. just you know some of that those situational football moments that you talk about where you could, you know there's those five plays you know you could yeah. those five plays and say hey if they beat us if they're better than us on these plays in a close game like this that's the difference in the game but anyway uh i'll turn it over to you the secondary uh how do you think they did i think we talked about it earlier i'm 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 worried about peters we need Marcus Williams back. And we have to figure out a better option inside than Marlon Humphrey when Hamilton's not playing. It, 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 something has to change because teams are starting to not even – they're not throwing his way anymore. That's that started up again this year because he's he's been balling. Yeah. yeah. So you put him in a slot, you're kind of wasting him. So I hope some self scout goes. And yes, Kyle Hamilton will help. But even if Kyle Hamilton's not playing, I don't think I don't think Humphrey should come inside anymore. Yeah, just they're just like you said, they're just throwing away from him, wherever he's at. He's outside, they throw on inside. If he's inside, they throw it outside. <laughs> right. And if you leave him outside, you can roll covers to Peters and he can be a little more aggressive. Yeah. Having Marcus Peters, I mean Marcus uh Washington back, now you can play a little more of what they were what they wanted to play until he got hurt in the Miami game, which is literally some just cover one safeties with a little hole player just sitting there waiting for drags yeah. and and let your moneymakers outside just do damage. And I think that's why I've not liked seeing Humphrey go inside. Not that I don't think that he can play there. I think he can play there. He's played there. We've seen him play there. Um, but it, it just it, – it's a ripple. It's a, yeah. It creates a ripple through the rest of the defense – and it kind of makes you softer in other places. And, you know, that that's the kind. I think early on when he was first in there, I wasn't crazy about him with some of the guys he had to match up with, some of the shiftier, quicker dudes. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we know guys that are his size or bigger, he can lock those dudes up because he'll get physical with them and they, they can't run away from him. Um, but he's even gotten better with the shiftier, quicker guys this year. So I don't I – don't, 
it's not about him not being able to play in there, but it's that ripple effect. And for whatever reason, um, without Hamilton, because, you know, he wasn't really playing. He wasn't kind of the, the primary nickel early in the season. They were kind of trying some different things in there. They've kind of moved away from Pepe, even though he played a little bit in this game. But, you know, they, they've kind of moved away from him in the slot there. They had Steven. They were kind of trying Stevens out in the slot too earlier, but now they kind of settled on him playing outside. So you're right. You just you got to find what, what's your what's your plan B. You've yeah. you kind of settled on Hamilton as your primary nickel when he's healthy. But what, what's your plan B now that you've seen what yeah. life can be like without him? What, what's what's your plan B? I I'm always I I've been around coaches. I've always lived on the adage: change as least as you can. When you move Humphrey inside, you're moving two spots, not one. So uh, you're affecting the continuity of the defense in more than one way. So why not leave the guy who knows what he's doing on the outside? So 10 guys know what the hell they're doing. It's better to cover up one guy or at least know what the one guy is not doing right or wrong instead of moving two guys. And now he's got to communicate with someone different. He's got to communicate with someone different. His calls from the inside are a lot different from his calls from the outside. So he's processing different. Like there's just too much, too much going on where you can just leave Humphrey outside bring Stevens another safety something else that can cover up what you need inside because I just it, I think it just adds a better flow to defense and it allows you to stay a little more consistent with guys in the spots that you're used to and maybe that'll be a, a, the next step in in the learning for Mike McDaniel. I mean, I feel like this season, that's what this has been about for him. Yep. He's been learning all the way through and he's been adjusting based on the things that he's learning, which is good. Um, but, you know, so maybe he comes out of this and says, hey, okay, I need to make an adjustment. I need to make another adjustment because this had all of the, the ramifications that you just talked about and really didn't make us better. Um, and so to me, because I'm like, look, if you're worried about the matchup with whoever you put inside that's not Marlon Humphrey, and, and that's why you're afraid to put those guys in there, I'm like, look, just just like play some cone and some bracket stuff in there with them. Have them yeah. and a safety and just let's just cone and bracket that bad boy <laughs> between the two of us. It is much easier to cover up for one guy in zone than it is to cover up for two. Yeah, My, I know if you do that. And I know if you do that with the safety to that guy's side, if you're doing cones and bragging and stuff like that, then you're kind of taking him, possibly taking him out of the middle of the field, depending on where the receiver goes. And then Chuck's got to go there. And I get there's a whole lot of there's some other stuff that, that you got to deal with if you do that. But I don't know. I for me, it's like I, I think they play enough zone where I think that they could they can make that work, you know. But um, yeah, again, the, that guy's got to know that. It's easy well, to say that. going in there has got to understand all that. Well, you also got to remember who are the two safeties right now, which is limiting and calls. Yeah. You, you you can only do so much when you got two strong safeties back there. Yeah. Yeah, two dudes who are much more comfortable playing. Well, Chuck is much more comfortable playing closer to the line yeah. of scrimmage than in the box. Yeah, Gino, Gino could play on the back end. Gino just not, like I said, he just doesn't have he's, range out of Marcus Williams. He's a spot. He he is he's that dude who he's a spot starter, but he can't be a full time starter because teams will just game plan to him and just it it'd be a wrap. It's like hey, he can't get from the middle of the field outside of the get, left, yeah. to the hash, let alone outside the numbers. Yeah, I mean, even Ed Reed said, Ed Reed said, look, you're a good NFL safety if you can get from the middle of the field. Uh, to to the hash. If you can get from the middle field outside the numbers, you're great. <laughs> not a lot of people that can do that. Uh, and so that's not a knock on him per se. That, that's hard for anybody to do. Yeah. Uh, 
but you know he's he's the guy who's in there right now and he he's been you know kind of holding up well um and you know you kind of just felt like this this kind of game was going to come at some point that somebody was really going to look at it and say hey we can beat this dude i don't know why these other teams haven't gone after him we can beat this dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jacksonville had a bye, so that probably helped too. Yeah. They had time to really look at it, extra time yeah. and say, hey, we, we can get this dude. And Peterson is a good – I mean, I I, he, I I assume he's involved in calling the plays. I don't know if he's calling them himself or if his OC is calling them. But, uh, you know, he's he's off that Andy Reid tree. So, a guy knows the passing game. Uh, he knows how to develop quarterbacks. He's got a first number one overall, number one, number one, mm-hmm. uh, who's got talent regardless of – the shenanigans that he was having to deal with last year from his head coach down there. <laughs> you know, he's a talented dude. Um, and, you know, it's not like he's out there throwing to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins either. I mean, no. these, these, are, these are guys that uh, kind of been around the league a little bit, but he's good enough uh, to, to get those guys the ball in good spots. So I think we covered everything on defense. I think it sounds like moving forward, um, obviously Hamilton coming back, which I heard he practiced today. I think Harv said he practiced in full, thinks he practiced in full. Uh, so that would be big to get him back uh, for this Broncos game. Um, I think Marcus Williams sounds like he's still a while away, maybe another week or two. They said he's still not doing Might contact stuff. Three weeks to get back, yeah. yeah. So he's practicing, but he's still not doing any contact stuff. So he's still away. He's still a ways away. Um, say what you want about Russ and the Broncos and everything that's going on. We just know how this goes as Ravens fans. When you start to underestimate, when you start to look at, oh, they're not doing this, and they're not doing that, and they haven't scored this, and they they will come up in here. <laughs> they drop 300 yards passing. <laughs> four touchdowns, you're like, really? Hey. hey. He'd be out there talking about let's ride. <laughs> oh, I just don't want to see that all week. Oh, no. no, you won't. Because that's but that's how it goes, though. And that's why oh. when I, you know, when you and I talk offline, I'm just like, man, when the, when these teams, when there's a team that's struggling, I actually prefer that they kind of have a game where it looks like they get a little spark before they play the Rams. I don't like when they come in yeah. and they've been on the straight struggle bus. The whole time, because you know that's not gonna last. They're gonna have a game against somebody, somebody. where it kind of clicks, and it might only be that one game. Yeah, it might only be that one game or two games all season where it kind of clicks for them. But that's just how it goes. It happens, and so I just don't want it to be this Sunday. But uh, we'll see. All right. Anyway, we're going we're going to shift gears and, like I said, have this little offensive discussion here because our guy, Gregory P. Roman, not your guy, my guy, Gregory P. Roman, <laughs> who's, uh, you know, kind of always under fire, I think, a little bit from the fan base just with the stuff that he calls and uh, obviously the passing game. People have not been a huge fan of that over the years. Uh, I don't think anybody has an issue with the run game. I think everybody respects what he does in the run game. But just some of the situational play calls in the passing game. But it has uh, been reported after David Shaw stepped down, head coach of Stanford recently, uh, that they reached out to Greg Rome, just some preliminary contact, they said, uh, about their head coaching position. So it kind of would be one of those things where if it gets serious and if they offer him the job and if he accepts, for a lot of fans out there, it would be like the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Good for him, right? Don't wish nothing negative on the dude. Move forward. Opportunity to be a head coach. Good on him. But a lot of people's minds, addition by subtraction. <laughs> right? A lot of people think that way. Um, but you and I were having this discussion about that's all cool. And that, that sounds good. But the person who's making the selection. It's still the same, <laughs> right? John Harbaugh would still be picking his successor, and he's still the same. And John Harbaugh believes he's shown just by the way he's you know uh, hired other coordinators in the past and the style of football that they play since he's been here mm-hmm. that he believes in certain things. Yeah, he believes in running the ball. 
he prioritizes running. Mm-hmm. He believes in stopping the run on defense. Absolutely. He believes in special teams Great. that create field position advantage, right? They're not just like this little throwaway part of the team. Now they they actually are out there contributing to that yeah. whole complimentary football thing that he talks about all the time. He believes in those things. And if he believes in those things, he's probably going to want a coordinator who believes in those things. Mm-hmm. Now, will they be exactly like Ray Roman? Of course not. It's a different person. So they're going to bring their offense or their, their kind of spin on things. But they're probably still going to prioritize the run game. <laughs> you know, I don't know that that's yeah. going to go away. Uh, but that doesn't mean that their passing game couldn't be better uh, in some ways. But number one, what do you what do you think about the possibility of Roman leaving, and what kind of coordinator would you want to come see in? Like, if you got specific names, you know, by all means, roll with that. But I'm just thinking, like, philosophy wise, what kind of guy would you want to see in here next to to work with Lamar kind of on this next this next phase of his career? Right. So. First part of your question, I think, honestly, he's going to take a really hard look at this opportunity because you got to kind of look at it in his way is he's been a coordinator in the NFL for years. He's yet to become a head coach in this league. I don't think any owners banging on his door to have him run his offense at his next stop. But then you look at his offense and it suits a college atmosphere very well in terms of the run game and things along that sort. I think we all understand that, you know, Greg Roman's struggles come from not being able to incorporate better, you know, passing concepts, more play action type stuff that would maximize our personnel instead of weirdly being a power run football team in some RPO quick strike. I don't know what, what, whatever that passing part of this world is. It's, it's horrible. Um, If you look at Harbaugh's past, when it comes to offensive football, he's always hired friends. Mm -hmm. He has never gone away from the idea of needing the football, except for running the football, except for Marty. And even he got Marty to run the ball a little bit more than what Marty would run the ball. So... Even to that extent, he 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 got a guy who ran the football. I think if we're looking for someone or some type of philosophy that comes in here and fits what this team has already built out, they need a under center type presence that's going to allow you to maximize Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, Drake, your tight ends, and most importantly, your quarterback. I think you need, I think you need to have a philosophy of a, like you were saying earlier, not, I don't know of a, a like a complete Shanahan type offense, but a nice little hybrid where they 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 run more, you know, trap plays and more power plays than zone plays. I think would be a very useful thing for this team and allow to them to unlock a little more of a vertical passing game, which has been drastically missing because we just don't run any traditional play action type plays. And when we do, we kind of tip our hat can because we're in the center. 
and we don't run very much underneath the center. Yeah, it's disjointed. That's the word right. I always come back to. It's, yeah. it's, it's, the, the, it's segmented and it's disjointed. And I, I like that you mentioned that Shanahan sort of Kubiak style. Of course, you know, if you've been a Ravens fan for a little while, you remember Gary Kubiak when he was here that one year and kind of what they were able to do offensively. So you know that style. And that style is prevalent throughout the league. There's a bunch of those dudes who coach that style, who coach that system all around the league. I mean, some of them in this division. Cincinnati's guy came from that tree. Um, there's guys all over the place who coach that. And, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things, almost like the Legion of Boom days, right, on the opposite side of defense, why that cover three sort of took over and became kind of like the dominant thing in the league that everybody was doing. Because it worked. <laughs> it worked right. really well. Now, it helped when you had the kind of guys they had. Everybody didn't have those guys. But just as a system, you know, as a structure, it worked really well. So flip it back to the offensive side. That wide zone married with the play action boot game, it works really well because everything looks the same. <laughs> everything yeah. looks like the same thing. And you're going to get people moving, you know, laterally. You're going to be displacing people. You got guys running one way, misdirection, other guys coming back the other way. We saw all of that that year that Kubiak was here. We saw how effective um, it can be. And, I, you know, we talked about it before. I've always thought about Lamar and that kind of system just because you look at the guys who played in that system over the years and then, you know, adding the kind of athlete at quarterback that those guys are, like RG3 when he played, you know, in a, in a version of it in uh, in D.C., you know, his rookie year. You see what that can be like when you got, okay, it's a good system, even with kind of your, your standard quarterback. It's a whole nother thing when you've got a guy who's a legit athlete in right. <laughs> quarterback position in that system. Now, is that going to happen in the middle of this season? No, of course not. I mean, could you could you run more zone stuff? Could you run more under center stuff, run more boot stuff? Because they have all of that stuff, and they've shown it at different points. But like you said, it's so disjointed because you'll see it once again or twice again, and then you'll never see it again for the rest of that game. Right? Mm -hmm. So could you get a guy come in who's on the staff, whether that be a T. Martin or uh, a Dub Williams, James, or whoever, you know, like the throw that name. But whoever, <laughs> whoever people want, you know, who's currently on the staff, could those guys call more of that stuff and it look a little more cohesive? Sure. I think that could happen. You know, if, if there was a situation where they had to make an in-season um, move, I'm not saying they would. You know, I, you know, I'd be looking forward to. What's that? The plays coming in before, you know, eight seconds on the, on the play clock. Yeah, you know, you mentioned that before we started recording. You said that's the first thing that would probably get better. <laughs> I just don't understand if the man is wearing a wristband, got all the plays on his wristband. What are you saying in the press box? Because I see you talking. He's talking. He's saying something. Saying a lot for it to be all on a wristband already. Too much. So are you literally like saying the number and then saying the play hey, or saying a different version of the play? Yeah, it's 31, but I need blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. He's, he's, he's clearly saying something. Good Lord. But, yeah, let's, let's just simplify all of that. It goes back to the defense. What you were saying the offseason about after Wink, hey, let's just simplify some things. Let's simple, simplify. Football so, players are simple people. So can we do that with our play calling system? Can we just can we just simplify? You know, that was remember that going back to Kubiak. Remember that was that was kind of the the, the th one of the things back then is like, well, he doesn't let Joe off. <laughs> he just wants you to run. Here's the play. Run it. <laughs> Run it. Run it. Because it's got enough okay. answers in it. No matter what they do on defense, you, I, I've got an answer for you built into the play. Yeah. Just, just run it. It's not that they didn't have any audibles. You got, it's an NFL offense. Of course they're audibles. But it was a thing where he just said he, he didn't like to have a ton of it um, for some of the reasons that you talked about. We want to get up to the line. We want to look at the defense. We want to snap the ball in the play. 
if I got you up there, if I'm giving you two plays, if you see this, then can it with that. But if they do that, then you know what I mean? We're, we're, yeah. There are guys that can do that and have done it. Yeah. You know, they manage Tom Brady, you know, there's other guys that can do it. But I think Kubiak understood who his quarterback was. We're not going to joke. But he understood who his quarterback was. <laughs> Joe, 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 Joe clocked out at five. So I think he just understood and just said, hey, man, listen, if I knew that you were that kind of cat, then yeah, maybe we could do all of that. Right. But you are you. And so here's what we're going to do. And this is still going to be good. This is still really going to put you in a position and the whole offensive position to have a lot of success. And they did. I mean, that year, the boys were rolling. Rolling. <laughs> that, that New England playoff game, despite how it ended terribly, New England coming back. But they, how they jumped well, out. Honestly, really, if Jimmy Smith doesn't get hurt, that's the third Super Bowl. Yeah. That, that team wouldn't, offensively could not be stopped. No, them boys were getting it. Yes. <laughs> They were getting it. Getting so, it. Yeah. So I like that style. That's not to say that you couldn't mix in other stuff. If you still want to mix in some of the power stuff, you want to have pullers, hey, you know. Yeah. yeah I, I don't have a problem with that. I get that. And I get why he likes doing that. Um, so I, I, I get, you know, why. But you, why can't, wanna... you can't do all that stuff at the sacrifice of, of, of continuity in your offense. No. And, and, and you're seeing it even more now in the red zone because – there's no continuity. It's just they're just calling plays. There's no rhythm, no rhyme or reason to it. It's just a collection of plays. Yeah. It's not an offense. You're not it's setting something easy. else up. You're just running it because you think it's going to be open. Yeah. Because you could you could tell some of the red zone plays, uh, especially in the second half of the Jags game. It's like, well, look, first couple things we've done down here didn't work. So let's just go to quarterback driven stuff. Let's just have Lamar, you know whether it's the power read or the counter stuff, whatever, let's just do that. Because Lamar, you know, and this is what people get frustrated about is people say, well, this is just about, hey, Lamar, go make something happen. <laughs> you know? And sometimes I think he does get into that mode. I think sometimes Roman does get into that mode. Now, you know, when I, you I'll have that weapon, why not? If your play yeah, call I'm, sucks, here, take yeah. this. Win this for me. I'm a supporter, and people probably know I'm a supporter, so there are things about his offense that I like. But I can I'm, – I'm not – I'm not blind. I mean, there's things about it that that I, I don't like and that I can be critical of just like anybody else. And I think that's part of it sometimes. It's just like, hey, we 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 haven't built on enough. And we're just like random. It appears that we're randomly calling plays that don't build off of one another. And to me, that's not an offense. No. That's just like a collection of plays. And so you're just drawing stuff up that week. Yeah. Say, oh, when you, now when you're just superior. From a talent standpoint, you can get away with that. Yeah. But that's hard to do week in and week out in the NFL. It's hard to be superior week in and week out in the NFL right. just based on talent because everybody's talented. So I mean that's hard, hard to do. Even even through the days of Joe, we knew what a couple of their staple red red zone plays. Every team have staple yeah. red zone plays they love to run. You know they was going to run that little fullback flat, a little play-action fullback flat play. You knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, you knew that was coming. Green Bay loves the switch routes on the goal line because no one ever plays them right, which I don't know to this day. <laughs> everybody locks it. Lock it. Lock it. Lock it. Everybody locks it. Why? Why? You're going to get picked every time. <laughs> um, I mean, Joe had the middle of the field to the goal post. If it's either Pitta, it was either Bolden or whoever it was. Um, oh, this team doesn't have that. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a great fit too when you look at their personnel. They got the kind of people who could play in that system. And yeah. the good thing, the other great thing about that system, you don't need a Devontae out. Now it can make it look a whole lot better if you got one. But you can have kind of run-of-the-mill type guys at receiver in that system and still have a pretty good pass nose. Now, of course, you want a guy. I'm not saying don't get a guy. You want a guy. Everybody wants a guy. Yeah. But you can be okay in that scheme because guys are, for the most part, they're running away from defenders mm -hmm. in that scheme. 
And guys and defenders have got their eyes in other places because they're looking at the run game. They're looking at all this stretch action, either coming this way, coming that way, or the quarterback's coming out the backside. So there's a lot of stuff to look at, you know, which is similar in some ways to what they do with Lamar. There's a lot of stuff to look at, but it's different stuff to look at. And I don't think it, I don't think it fools people as much as it used to. Right. You know what I mean? They've seen enough of it now where they're just like, okay, we know what that is. (laughs) Whereas with that, with that stretch stuff, you got to honor it. You've got to honor when those guys get on those tracks, you've got to honor You don't know if the quarterback's keeping that thing coming out the backside, you know, you just don't know. So, you know, that's, that's my little, uh, you know, one of my little favorite, uh, offenses just just in terms of the scheme out there but you know we'll see what happens we'll see what happens whether whether it's something that develops with the Stanford thing in the season or whether there's something that happens after the season especially depending on how the rest of how the rest of their act their, their football season goes you know I mean they get to the playoffs and you know kind of have an early exit again there's going to be changes yeah be changes for sure and he may not be the only one so it could get real interesting. But anyway, feels like a good place to wrap it up there. Uh, we wanted to kind of bring that part in, tap that, tag, tag that part in, uh, that part of the discussion on to the back end of this pod, just because it's relevant. It's topical right now. Um, but anything else, man, before we get out of here, are you good? I'm good in the hood. Okay. Sounds good to me. All right, y'all, y'all know what to do. Like, subscribe, share everywhere. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And as usual, until the next time, we don't do no overtime. Stay out of four piles. Abby.